Welcome to the latest episode of Cut to the Chase and today I am very, very excited. Now, Cut to the Chase, as you know, we cut to the chase. Normally an episode can be anywhere between two minutes and four minutes. I think the longest Leanne was like five or six minutes and there was uh, the push. So today I'm very, very excited because this is going to be an extended version. Leanne, let's call it Cut to the Chase Extended. Perfect. How creative. The reason why I am the most excited is because I got Elsa Wolf with me today. Now, I'm going to let you introduce yourself because I only know a little bit of what you do, but you are a very, very successful property coach and that you're shaping the real estate industry in your own way and within your own sort of circle of influences, but you're very, very active and you're a serious investor as well, which when we met and I found out what you do, I was blown away because I got a couple of properties, but then I was like, okay, I'm an amateur. So very exciting. So today we can talk about what you do and as well we have some collaborations work together with some buyers and i think that's what we might focus on today but for our viewers um elsa why thank you diego this is such a privilege and really a unique opportunity to uh, for myself i'm ilsa wolf uh founder director of wolf property coaching uh so basically i've been investing myself uh, as a property investor for about 17 years now uh, and also have gone through that whole journey starting with standalone properties uh, pretty much from Hamilton through to Auckland and Whangarei, depending on whether I've been focusing on capital growth or yield. And through the ups and downs, all the things I've learned through a renovation-focused strategy, all the wins, the losses, I've basically packaged all of that experience up and I help my clients copy and paste to build their portfolio. So I've got mine to a point where it's um, pretty good size of properties. I'm basically moving into small commercial and motels personally, but I help clients in two ways. I call my service Accelerate, helping them buy standalone houses with developable land, cash flow hacking, uh, a term I use, which is to help them add value, add bedrooms to a house non-structurally, so they really boost their returns. And then I have some clients who are moving, like myself, more into the multi-unit kind of territory as well. So I've been coaching for about three and a half years as Wolf Property. Okay. And Teddy, my 2IC in my team, came to your event um, which, by the way, a little shout out to your podcast. I was listening to it this morning. Rinse and repeat. Oh, I like the title. I like the title. So obviously you got your recipe, you repeat it. And this is what everyone does, right? All the successful businesses. Look at McDonald's, worst burgers in the world. But you know that no matter where you go, you're going to get your Big Mac in 30 seconds because they've got the system and processes behind, right? Now, uh, Teddy came to one of your seminars and it was not only sold out. Was was a woman-only seminar? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sold Which out. Which Diego was upset about. So I said it's woman plus Diego. Yeah. So next time I'm coming, I actually bought my tickets. It's Again, it's a woman's only. So I might stand out a little bit. But hey, it's okay. This is 2024, right? I don't uh, think they'll be upset. No, it's all good. It's all good. But you obviously got a very big influence over a lot of people because, in my opinion, um, adding value, buying do-ups, whatever way you want to call it, it's it's almost got a, it's its own mini religion, right? Because it works. And in New Zealand, mum and dad, it's always been one thing. Okay, how do I get some financial freedom buying property, waiting for the value to go up? And over the probably the last five, ten years, the adding value, adding the bedrooms, that movement has grown, right? And you're leading the movements. You're literally at the forefront of that movement with a few other players, but you are up there and you've got a massive following. So in a, in a essence, give me what it, what made you so successful so fast because you got hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people that follow you and come to these events that are sold out. And obviously what you're saying resonates. Yes. I think it's that emotional connection, right? We can talk about make wealth, make cash flow, gross returns, all these things. It's just like the vehicle or the tangible way of how you get to what's the emotional why or your goal, right? So I tell you a really 
actually makes me clog up already. One of my clients, uh, one of my first clients as a coaching client, uh, they, she's in her 50s. Her and her husband came to me. They said, look, we thought we had our retirement plan and we've moved country and we lost it all in moving here and we had to start again. But we're not 20. We don't have 40 years to work it out. We can't buy buy and holds and just see what happens. We have to create the result right now. So my recipe is helping people add massive value by buying the right property for what they need, what they want. Uh, six weeks, turn it around into a high-performing rental through sort of a bunch of targeted hacks or renos that I have, I guess, systematized. Within one year, they bought five rental properties and the results from that already achieved their financial goal, which is they wanted 150000 of passive income to be reached by the time they're 60. Unfortunately, incredibly, sadly, one of those two people just unexpectedly passed away and um, his wish was that the three children who are early 20s are able to be set up in the same way they have. So my gift to them is I'm going to get them both, all three of those kids, their first home. That was the wish. So it's about it's about the end result. He wanted his children to have protection and his wife to be completely set up. So that's the emotional nugget. Yeah. And everybody's got different circumstances, different whys, different motivations, right? But let me be devil's advocate, and that's a beautiful story, Stachin. Now, for the average Tom Dickinary or Johns or whatever you want to call them, um, you know, on an average $70,000, eighty, ninety thousand $90,000 salary, and obviously I'm not here to ask him for the tips, obviously you coach that, but give me a summary of how somebody from an average job, not much, not properties, not many properties, not many assets, what is the best thing that they can do to start a process? A part of obviously employ you as a coach, but like what is the sort of trajectory that they got to sort of nav- start navigating towards? Yes. Number one, education. Like, you know, episodes like this, podcasts like this, there are so many free resources out there, right? So there's no shortage of information. First of all, work out your why. You know, what's your why? What do you want to achieve? Secondly, find the resources, the education that align with that. And thirdly, uh, talking about the events. The biggest takeaway for myself and the financial advisor who was also presenting with me was that we had 200 plus women in the room. On average, they looked like they were early 20s. And from hearing my story starting at 23, they said, I cannot believe it was so good to hear your story because I have heard from the media here everywhere from the news. I'm not ready. I can't buy property. I can't afford it. It's unaffordable. And the main number three is to go ask the question, and get your action plan from a financial advisor because so many women there that night thought just because of what they hear out there that they're not ready but they haven't bothered asking the question to an advisor because of that rhetoric then they find out they are in a position and so then immediately they go find out have a pre-approval lots of people can buy before they think they are yeah and if you're not ready what do you need to do yeah okay right. right so educate Go find the right people around you. So that event was about networking as well. Find your people in the room. And truly it is who you surround yourself does determine that. Step three, go find an advisor and get your situation calculated. Because if you're not ready, they can still come up with a personal plan for you to work out how to be ready, right? Increase your income, decrease these expenses, uh, maybe go flatting, you know, work out some steps. All those small changes notch you up to being ready. And it's fine that you say financial advisors and I truly believe, I call it the ecosystem, you know, the ecosystem around you. And for me, the, the basic ecosystem is, do I have a good lawyer? Do I have a good mortgage broker? But I pass it on to my clients, the people that I work with. Do you have a people around yourself that can actually give you advice because, hey, I can cut my own hair, but trust me, I won't do it because it's going to be a shitty job. So I pay someone $30 to get a, shape, a clean cut, right? Yeah. But 
if you take it to the next level, you're right. A financial advisor, a good, and and all of the, this can cost money, right? But you gotta you gotta invest to actually get the benefits down the line. Exactly. And like you call the ecosystem, I call all of these experts around me the power team. Exactly same thing. Even with the mortgage advisor, financial advisor, I always say to my aspiring investors, you have to work with people who have already achieved what you want. If you if they have not, you're potentially exposed in that area because how can they shine the light on that area of expertise that you need to absorb and learn from if they have not achieved it themselves? It's super important and that's authenticity. Same goes for your mortgage broker. If they're in an if they are not an investor, I would say there's a limit to how far they can get you. So it's really important to let the experts be the experts and qualify them as those who can get you to where you want to go. Because if those people haven't failed in their own life, in their own career, in their own business, or, you know, failure gives you the confidence and gives you the knowledge to actually then be able to succeed. And you cannot have someone advising you that has not failed, right? And we all have failed. I mean, I can say I've failed many times. Uh, My wife will tell me more than most. But the reality is that then you pers- you know, the perseverance and then you'll get to the next level up. So now look, it's been a while since we've connected and I think we've connected because I can't actually even remember. Can you? Yeah, I walked into here with my colleague at the time and uh, thinking, you know, love the service and the, the brand that you convey, the education through all of your social media and how you educate the buyer, the agent through, you know, this platform as well is next level. And the thing that stood out to me is I'm a busy person. You're a busy person. We ha- you know, we know that for our buyers, our, cl- our own clients to be successful, they need to have those correct power teams around them and literally cut to the chase and get the result, right? So uh, what I found in my first experience with yourself and Tady and wonderful team is my client, I said, hey, this is what my client needs. They want something they could possibly renovate, but they happen to be very interested in development with their own contacts and their, their circle as well. You brought to us a property that bang on fit the brief. And not only that, we find out from our planner, it's a unicorn development site. Got a mega mega result, awesome experience to your team, educated, handheld through that. Not only that, which you, to most agents I find with my clients, that would be one transaction and that's where agents leave it, which is so short-sighted. I think the difference with, that I found with your team is four or five weeks later, you contacted the same buyer, even though they hadn't told you they were shopping again, and said, hey, guess what? We found a property, another suburb over, over, that is the carbon copy of what you just bought. So you listened and you returned with the feedback, the same property, they weren't actively buying, but they bought that second property through you as well. Work buyers, not vendors. Oh, that's it. That, that is what you, what you said before. That Work for the buyer, not your vendor. Yep. Then your vendor wins. Yeah, exactly. Because at the end of the day, it's this industry, the real estate industry, as a real estate agent, the bar can be it's set solo. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people that do not deserve to actually work in the industry. Now, this is across all industries, right? But I think to be an agent, you know, you only need to do is a course and have some sleep in and out shoes kind of thing, and you can become an agent. But to actually give the service to someone to actually be able to then engage with you on a regular basis, that's where, you know, I think, I hope that most of my listeners will be that kind of agent or thrive to be the, to that kind of agent because that's how you create a career that is actually going to be fruitful, right? That's right. You can, you can be a cut above, I would say, 97%, 98% of all agents if you actually put more emphasis on the buyer because by working for or striving for the right buyer and listening to what they're after, you close that deal faster you benefit your vendor, they will re- remember the speed and pace you close that deal at and they will come back to you next time. 
And is the relationship with the buyers as well? Because we always talk about vendors. When Aaron Davis is here and we're talking about the usual cut to the chase, it's really focused on the vendors. But the reality, you're completely right, Elsa. It's if the buyer trusts you, then you can have an influence on the buyer to actually say, Mr. Buyer, Mrs. Buyer, actually the value is not where you think it is. Now, if you don't see value at this price for this property, I can find you another one. But for this particular home, you really need to give B50K above that. And they trust you versus be the sneaky um, sales, or what do you call it? The snake oil uh, salesman. Nobody wants to be the agent. Nobody wants to be the agent, right? But a lot of them are. Um, what is the biggest challenge that you experience in, in your industry in terms of obviously being a property coach and dealing with renovations and all of that? What is the biggest challenge you're experiencing? The biggest challenge I have when it comes to working with real estate agents is is that not listening or, or saying, you know, I'll inquire and I'm saying, hey, here's my website. Here's how I help clients. This is my methodology. Um, but and literally right now, the government is emphasizing new builds so much, right? So it's an easier sell in some regard for an agent to say, hey, look, all the buyers are incentivized. They're going to go to the new build. Okay, so when you don't have the new builds for sale, you have the existing properties, the do-ups, right? These are the ones my clients want. But And by learning my strategy and saying, hey, if I align with someone who has pre-approved buyers who have been taught by Ilsa to be super, super clear about what makes a deal successful for that strategy and for what they need... Surely it's smart to align, right? But yet most agents don't pick up on that opportunity. I would say in each city you operate from uh, Whangarei right down to Dunedin, I would have one, if I'm lucky, and in some locations, two agents who understand the value of having you know dozens and dozens of pre-approved buyers behind me. There is some good agents out there, right? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, <isn't it? laughs> That's the truth. Uh, yeah, there will be one in each city. I have one who in Palmerston North is just the pennies dropped as well. They looked at the website. They said, oh, you know, and they get it. She said, she called me and she said, I'm efficient. I don't have time to muck around. I can see that your clients are pre-approved and I, I get what's happening here. Tell me what you want. I'll go find it. And that makes, she said, it makes my work easier if I work with you, is what she said. But if she moves to Auckland, I give you $5,000 recruitment if the agent comes in my tank because it sounds like she's a, a deal maker. And I call them, I, I differentiate agents between order takers and deal makers. Yeah. Order takers and deal makers. It's easy to have a list. Well, it's not easy, but it's easy to have a listing, put in all the portals, waiting for the phone to ring. Which in the good markets, in all fairness, you get away with it because it's a good market. Yeah. But we just came back from, a, we're just finishing it two and a, just two years plus of a very, very tough market. Yes. And those agents have disappeared. They're now driving an Uber. And I'm not disrespecting people driving Uber. I drove an Uber for my first six months in real estate. I understand. But the reality is that you either are a deal maker or you're order taker. That's 100%. And it will be 97% in the order taker. Absolutely. The bar is you very low. be the three. Elsa, thank you so much. This was a pleasure. The longest. How long have we been going for? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> this is the longest cut to the chase episode. I'm actually quite liking it. I'm going to become the new Joe Rogan. Nah, jokes. Thank you so much. It's been a privilege having you on board and I can't wait for this to come up. Thanks, Diego.